welcome to the Heady Conversations with Scott and Miranda. Welcome back, folks. Time is just flying on by. We are officially in spring. Yep, as of today. As of today, right? Welcome. Yeah. Uh, the other side of the worm moon, right? Is yeah. The, the moon we just had. Um, yeah, uh, I can hear the birds outside. The sun is shining. Uh, gonna be in DC this weekend for the Cherry Blossom Festival. Nice. Yeah, that sounds lovely. Things are things are happening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we are here to talk to you about the happenings in cannabis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, various roundup of things that have caught our interest or things that are going on in the cannabis industry. Um, and in this case, we are here to talk to you about organized labor. <laughs> Unions and unionizing. Uh, yeah. And what that means, um, you know, as far as cannabis is concerned and just generally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because there's been a lot happening in the world of cannabis in regards to unions and union busting. And it's been a fascinating journey to watch um, several dispensaries work really hard on unions, get their bargains, and see it through. But it's also at the same time very disappointing to see those that get hoodwinked by, by their owners. Uh, yeah, and it's um, no small um, business of union busting. There's a lot of money being There's made a lot out there of money by being made. labor lawyers and um, marketing people and influencers to um, help in some of these cases. There was some pretty famous um, activity out with Verano mm -hmm. um, in Illinois, where uh, they had hired a couple different firms. Um, to... So much money. Yeah, which, of course, begs the question, right? <laughs> um, if, if unions are um, being fought so hard by the owners, why is that? Um, and, you know, at this point, we've got unions in place in a number of states in a number of um, different aspects of the market, right? Where we've Absolutely. got um, entirely different uh, types of unions in some markets um, mm -hmm. representing different facets of the industry. I know, for instance, out in, um, I, yeah, again, I think it's Illinois, you have three different unions, Um the UFCW, the SEIU, and the um, OMINA, I think. I think I think you're right. Something like that. Union of uh, Operating International Union of Operating Engineers. Um, anyway, um, you know, representing different people, whether it be the growers or the people that work at the dispensaries right. or the people that um, like lab technicians and people like that um, are represented by different unions in different places. Um, but what we've seen now is that studies have shown that, um, you know, right to work in general uh, is 
more beneficial for companies than it is for workers. Right. right. States where uh, they have right to work, um, there are lower wages, there mm-hmm. are less benefits, you know, higher cost um, and less return on that money spent for things like health insurance. Absolutely. Um, lack of things like paid time off. Um, I mean, education. Yeah, right. N- not even to mention. Yeah. Reimbursement for education, um, not even just industry specific education, but also general, you know, general like, education. I want to go to college. Uh, maybe I want to take a uh, master's of business program at the University of Maryland. Um, my mother's nursing degree was paid by my grandfather's union. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and these are these are things that uh, clearly, you know, credit unions, access to credit unions, you know, better, which means better uh, percentages of um, returns on your money. Not only better, a, not only better percentages union. on returns on your money, but also access to different types of um, loans, loans and uh, lines of credit and yeah. things like that, that, uh, that are helpful when it comes to buying and cars. Aren't and, generally accessible to the public. Uh, yeah, certainly yeah. not to the public um, in general, but also specifically not to young uh, people without college degrees, um, you know, working in what is essentially a retail like environment. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I mean, these are, these are benefits above and beyond, um, what you could expect to find even in very well established, uh, retail organizations. Um, you know, I'm not saying there aren't good retail jobs that exist out there for sure, or even that every cannabis job, is a retail job a retail job or that you know people aren't being you know um compensated appropriately everywhere there are certainly places where there are many dispensaries out there that pay a decent wage yeah and there's different models too right absolutely some some dispensaries allow tipping um encourage tipping some do not uh allow or encourage tipping um you know, certain places are still all cash, so all tips are in cash versus places that have switched over now to... Uh, I don't think you can add a tip on any of the digital transactions. Really? Yeah. I think that is solely just for the transaction. You may get back, if they have to round it up, you may get back a few dollars in cash, but they're not allowing you to write in a tip. Okay. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Well, that makes sense then. So I guess all tips are still cash. But yeah, some places do not allow you to tip their employees. And if you go to tip your bud tender, they will tell you. And then there are some, I think, um, uh, well, I don't want to name them because I'm not positive. <laughs> we right we did hand. talk about not naming dispensaries. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't, again, you know, this is a program rather than, a, you know, talking about them specifically but right. they they donate all of their tips quote unquote that you give oh, yeah. to an animal rescue um so i yeah. think there's a dispensary that i've been to that rotates their their tips for donation cool which i think is pretty cool yeah sure yeah. as long as you're paying your people well right enough, <laughs> like that's totally great um but yeah, I mean, you know, you you want to talk about what these unions have done in different places. Um, so New Jersey is a state in particular 
where mm-hmm. unions have kind of been built into the fabric of what they're doing up there with adult use and uh, or recreational use, whichever, you know, I prefer adult use personally. Yeah, I found it really interesting that they were just sort of like, yeah, and these dispensaries have unions. It wasn't even like, oh, we have to go and get a union. It was like almost an automatic thing up in New Jersey. Well, they actually got a seat on the New Jersey Cannabis Commission. Oh, word. Um, so um, the it's and it's the uh, CEED uh, Cannabis Engineers, Extractors and Distributors Local 420, <laughs> um, which is a I guess you would say a subsidiary of IUJAT, um, which again is the um, International Union of Journeymen of Allied Trades. Oh, right on. So just a general journeyman, yeah. professional working union. I love that. Um, right? Because that's what unions are about. Unions are about treating jobs as professions, right? Yeah. And, and uh, acknowledging that people are not just um replaceable cogs in a machine exactly that can be swapped in and out at the whim of the employer you know in states that are right to work states it goes ahead and creates a working contract where you know um you are already obligated to do certain things for your employer right you know when you become an employee of a company you essentially agree to the terms of their contract which is you know, you will show up at this time. You will, you know, appear this way. These are your you, responsibilities right. within this framework. You know, there might be some wiggle room here or there, but uh, generally speaking, you are agreeing to terms on uh, what they have defined as your job, which is all well and good. Absolutely. If you're cool with your compensation and your responsibilities and. You know, um, the things that are expected of you and and the way things are being run, then that's excellent. But the thing that a union does is it actually gives your employer a contract to also hold up on their end in regards to you. Right. So generally speaking, that means um, changing you to a uh, for-cause employee Mm -hmm. instead of an at-will employee. So at that point, you can still be fired by the employer. Of course, it's their Absolutely. company. Um, but you can only be fired if they can prove that you haven't done your job uh, the way you were supposed to be doing their job. And that um, if if you're not doing your job properly, that you've been talked to about the fact that you're there's not doing your job. There's documentation. Yeah, there's documentation <laughs> of this fact. And um, there's been some sort of counseling or, mm-hmm. you know, coaching or something remediation or what have you um, on their end to um, make sure that you've got the tools and the know-how and uh, support to do your job in the way they're saying that you're not. Right. So pretty standard stuff, right? I mean, nothing uh, nothing ridiculous, not, you know, we're going to protect lazy people or we're going to protect unsafe no. people or we're going to protect people that, um, you know, are trying to sabotage what the company is doing. Uh, right. Just <laughs> uh, generally speaking, um, we've got our end to hold up and now you, company, have your end to hold up as well. Exactly. And that just, I mean... I think a lot of, uh, 
a lot of the industry decided to unionize during COVID. Right. Because they were seeing unsafe work environments. They were seeing, um, you know, all of these different uh, restrictions and then they would lift restrictions. And it was just kind of this uphill battle of madness with COVID-19. Things, uh, obviously, were there were moving parts, there were moving pieces, but, um, yeah, uh, there were some things that were very basic, like notifying people um, if if someone in the workplace tested positive. Right. Um, you know, we're talking about dispensaries, and we're talking about, here in Maryland, medical dispensaries, because we don't have adult use here yet in this state. So anyone that's coming... Um, to a dispensary is potentially immunocompromised, mm -hmm. potentially receiving life-saving treatment. Or is a caregiver for someone who is receiving a treatment and is picking up their medication. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, so to not tell people um, that came in contact with COVID-positive people... Um, you know, to not tell other coworkers yeah. um, that they had been working next to COVID positive people. I think that that was a pretty common occurrence in a I lot agree. of places. Um, I mean, you know, we heard about restaurants that had to close because they were understaffed. I don't think a lot of those dispensary owners wanted to close their doors when it's a pretty known fact that uh, COVID-19 has been like two of the years of the highest sales absolutely in uh, medical cannabis in maryland but i mean i saw on both sides i saw dispensaries who were overwhelmingly cautious and then i saw just the absolute opposite so sure. both ends of the spectrum were completely represented in the industry yeah right some pl places went to pick up only mm -hmm. um some places severely limited the amount of people that were allowed in the store yeah um, places, you know, stepped up their cleaning procedures and things like that. We have one place that has a drive-through. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they, you know, there were there were a lot of different. Um, there were places, plenty of places, um, and it's not an all or nothing, right? To say that right. any place wasn't necessarily responsible doesn't mean that they weren't doing anything correctly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, you know, a union just makes sure that if. Um, if there's a thing to be considered first and foremost, it's the safety of the workers. Right. Um, and, and the, there's nothing, um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting lost here. It's okay. It's, it's okay. <clears throat> but no, there's, there's absolutely nothing that, you know, you should have a, you should have a place at the table with your employer. Right. In some way, shape, or form. You should be able to go to your employer, state your case without being dismissed. And I think that that's a huge part of why unions are becoming a bigger part of the fabric of our country now. Literally or figuratively dismissed. Um, well, unfortunately, unions overall 
are on a pretty large decline um, because of the shrinking industries in which unions have traditionally been so strong. Right, like the automobile industry, etc. Manufacturing. Yeah, manufacturing. Period. In um, but also, yeah, I mean, um, uh, trades as well as mm-hmm. as larger companies gobble up smaller. You know, little, sure. Um, but at the same time, you know, longshoremen still have their union. The railroad still has their union. Teamsters are still going strong. Uh, locally here in, in Baltimore, uh, Maryland Institute College for the Arts. Micah yep. just, you know, um, I think successfully yes. managed a campaign to unionize their employees, I think. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, so unions, it's not just about the cannabis industry for sure, but when we're talking about the cannabis industry, we're talking about basically an industry where, as we just said, you know, profits have been unhinged, um, (laughs) just kind of spiraling upwards since COVID began. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's only going to continue to increase here in states like Maryland, where we still have adult use on the way. Uh, which is obviously going to open the market up to hundreds of millions of additional That's customers across the country as these additional states come online as as adult use states. Mm-hmm. The cannabis industry is one of the fastest growing uh, segments of the American and soon to be, I predict, um, the international economy. Uh, I just, I agree. Uh, you know, I read an article shortly after the first of the year that talked about how cannabis had moved up into the top. I don't think it's in the top five yet, but it's definitely in the top 10. And I want to say it's towards the bottom of those top, <laughs> like towards the bottom five of the top 10. <laughs> I want to say it's maybe like number six. Um, and that's not to say, uh, the most employees, but the fastest growing, fastest growing. industry, like Absolutely. The, the most amount of jobs added in the last year, two years, whatever it is, um, across these different segments of American industry. So, you know, if you read an article about unionizing at a local dispensary or a local grow or whatever in your area, it's it's not really just about that dispensary, right? This is still uh, a union or um, an industry that's in its infancy. Absolutely, uh, you know. I mean, as as old as cannabis is, uh, and as long as humans have been using cannabis, you know, as we talked about on the uh, the war on drugs episode, you know, this prohibition has been going on for almost a hundred years now right? Um, here in the United States and basically internationally at the same time. So this is, this is essentially uh, a brand new market for one of the oldest commodities in the world. Absolutely. Um, so laws are changing, you know, um, creators, uh, fortunes are being made overnight. <laughs> yeah. You know, tycoons are, are, you know, coming into existence um, you know, we've mentioned before 60% of the American or the Maryland um, dispensary market mm-hmm. is now owned by MSOs, right? And and other states seem to follow in a similar trajectory where, you know, when the state first opens up its market, it's predominantly, if not entirely, um, local companies or, you know, like 80%, 90% local companies with one or two of these MSOs right, right. able to get in and acquire a license. But then as, 
the attrition of the market happens. You know, not everybody's cut out for every industry. There's definitely a learning curve. One hundred percent. And educate. There's a lot of lack of education in the industry. There's a ton of. Uh, and that's like one of my biggest complaints. There's a ton of a lack of education. There's also a ton of a lack of research. Um, yeah. Um, but then over time, you, you see states move towards this model where MSOs come in and buy up different dispensaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, um, they are not necessarily uh, – Union houses, uh, although here in Baltimore, Vireo, Vireo or in Maryland, 100%. Vireo is um, a union house. So yeah. uh, I believe the only um, union house in Maryland. Uh, as far as bud tenders go, yes, it's the only one. Okay. I believe there are two or three growers that have unions. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I know... Some dispensaries here in Maryland have attempted to unionize and failed. I know Blair Wellness was mm-hmm. moving towards a vote, um, but then ended up canceling that they had vote to pull because it. they didn't have the votes for it. Um, you know, people spoke up, you know, in the process and yeah. said, we, we don't want to go forward with this. So they they moved away from it. Uh, Starbuds recently had a vote and, and lost it, lost uh, that vote for unionization. Um, so they will continue to be a non-union house. Um, yeah, it's not just about your local dispensary. It's about the industry overall and what types of jobs you want to see. Yeah, um, because the industry is so young still that there's really no industry standard. There's a huge opportunity to make this an industry where people can turn jobs into careers yeah you know and and i believe that a lot of people who enter this industry do it because they love it right and they want to be part of it and they're passionate about it and yeah they want they want to be in it for the long haul but as things go and i see i look i watch jobs on you know indeed or whatever the wages aren't there to keep you there uh, certainly not everywhere. Um, I mean, I mean in, in a few places, absolutely. There's a, well, there's a huge disparity, right? Yeah. And and I mean, that's the reality. If if you're if you're working at, um, you know, a slow dispensary out in a rural area where, you know, you're right. you're not doing a ton of heavy lifting, quote unquote, and you may see ten, fifteen patients a shift, right? Um, then, then that's one thing. If you're in a urban area where you're seeing, you know, dozens of patients in a shift, um, people are coming in, (laughs) you know, hot and heavy in some cases. And, um, you know, you're COVID has been tough. There, there's been tough on a lot of industries, but I feel like our, our industry, the cannabis industry has really taken a hit. Yeah, well, it's um, anything... Because it never closed. Sure, uh, right. As an essential industry in most states, I think a few states did briefly um, pause or so. go to delivery only or pickup only and things like mm-hmm. that. 
Um, but yeah, like you said, Maryland never closed. Some dispensaries never closed their doors, never stopped seeing patients, um, never stopped having direct patient interaction. It just changed. You know, right. obviously there was social distancing and there were mask mandates, um, which I think most dispensaries are still requiring here in Baltimore, even though the statewide mask mandate is gone. Right. And I'm seeing less and less people. Um, in stores and and even, you know, just walking into restaurants or whatever wearing masks. Um, The dispensaries I've been in recently, people have still been required to do so. Yeah. And and rightfully so, right? Um, Anytime you're dealing with someone who potentially is ill. Yeah, immunocompromised. Immunocompromised. um, Right. Yeah. Or or caregivers, as we said, um, you know. Uh, it, yeah, it's irresponsible, honestly. Especially um, for a medical setting. Yeah, we're we're still in a pandemic. The numbers are good. We're not in the middle of, you know, a huge crazy outbreak right, right now. Knock on wood, but um, we still are in the middle of a pandemic. But um, yeah, you know, there's there's still an opportunity in this industry to carve out and control what these jobs look like. And if you look at what some of these unions have accomplished in different states where they've been established, different locations where they've Mm -hmm. been established, you know, you see things like, uh, you know, multi-year contracts. 100%. Right. So one of the things that you'll hear is that, oh, well, you have to negotiate and renegotiate all the time. Well, no, you actually. (laughs) you Only if like your dispensary acquires another dispensary or acquires a grow will you need to renegotiate your contract right usually you would write something in where if the nature of the business changes then you might renegotiate but otherwise yeah you're looking at multi-year deals um that lay out clearly what's expected Mm -hmm. and and the compensation that you're going to receive in turn people have gotten you know um percentage raises guaranteed every year uh and again this all comes from a negotiation between you and your employer right you're not just calling the shots on this your employer isn't just calling the shots on this the two of you are sitting down at a table and bargaining right for what benefits both of you yeah and i mean of course you you know hopefully you work in a place where you can walk into your employer's office and say hey you know what i you know i've been working really hard like um i i saw this ad online where they're hiring down the street for people at 18 dollars an hour um can we have a conversation about this you know and maybe your employer's willing to have that conversation maybe they're not um but at the same time like i don't know maybe everybody else that does that job in the same place should 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 get that same amount of money too um maybe everybody shouldn't have to bargain and um explain individually (laughs) um and hope that they you know i mean Certain people's personalities just aren't that way, you know, certain people just aren't necessarily um, comfortable advocating for themselves. Um, Or if they are and it's in an at will state, somebody can agree to whatever they want and then turn around and not fulfill those promises. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's the definition of at will. You are there at the will of your employer. They can let you go because they decided they don't like that shirt that you wore today or because they decide that, um, you know, they don't like the way, 
um, you advocate for yourself. Or you were two <laughs> minutes late. Yeah, um, which, you know, okay, sure, you shouldn't be late to work, but things happen. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> everybody's late to work. I'm sure your boss is probably late to work on a regular <laughs> basis themselves, um, if they even show up to work, because a lot of these dispensary owners um, aren't even there. You yeah. know, they're absentee owners, they're off vacationing or, um, you know, uh, paying people poverty wages to um run a multi-million dollar store babysit their staffs while they uh you know go enjoy life or what have you um but anyway um yeah i mean we're talking about multi-year deals with guaranteed raises we're talking about uh better benefits whether it be you know um seniority based time off where you're earning more time off each year that you're there or um getting better health insurance right um where you're getting <laughs> better benefits for for less money spent um in other words your your employer covering larger percentages of benefits and even the the union has health insurance sure if if whatever wherever you're working isn't providing what you want you can go to the union and say hey i don't like what my employer is providing for me what do you got? The union definitely provides health insurance. So there's just, I mean, if you, if you, if one person isn't giving it to you, you can get it from somewhere else. Right. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there are so many benefits. I mean, just education, time off, work life balance. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of people don't want unions. Um, <laughs> no, a lot of people don't want unions. A lot of people have become convinced that uh, unions don't represent them or that um, union organizers are um, lazy profiteers. Or shillers. You know, That's one of my favorites. Uh, They're just shilling for the union yeah, to I make don't, the union money. Uh, you know, the, the purpose of a union is to provide you with uh, counsel, to provide you with resources, to provide you with backing. Um, and, a, and just a general place at the table. Right. Uh, you know, power in numbers. Um UFCW represents, uh, I think the latest estimate is over 13,000 workers mm -hmm. across the United States. Um, you're talking about San Diego. You're talking about uh, Illinois. You're talking about, like we said, Jersey. Delaware. Um, yeah. Pennsylvania. Uh, uh, yeah. Vireo here in Maryland. Um, you know, it's, it's a big movement. Um, like we said, there's big money being spent to um counteract the movement um <laughs> just just educate yourselves you absolutely know? uh but before you vote one way or another um on a union opportunity if it's presented to you uh, make sure you educate yourself on the history of unions and what they've done for workers not only in this country yeah. but around the world uh what the populist workers movement has done um, and it's, you know, it's funny. I feel like a lot of people that are involved in the cannabis industry are probably what they would call 
um, liberal or progressive right. people. Right. Um, you know, I mean, we've talked before about how minority uh, licenses in Maryland and in other places do not always translate into um, black minority ownership. Absolutely. Um, so, you know. Uh, the ownership of most of these companies tends to be mostly white and uh, mostly male for the well, uh, majority. It, it, yeah, unless they have a, 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 a God, God, a minority contract. Right. Uh, minority license. Um, yeah. Uh, the the union movement, the workers' movement, has been a. Um, integral part of civil rights in this country uh as long as civil rights has been a thing right um you know martin luther king jr didn't get assassinated until he started talking about workers rights yep and economic equality and economic equity and economic justice and started attracting the attention of white people um and getting more people involved it's uh it's a shame that people don't draw the connection between Absolutely. their rights as a worker and their rights as a person overall yeah if you look at how many hours were expected to put in with an employer over the course of a week over the course of a month over the course of a year over the course of our lives yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty important, I think. I just um, think generally the equality in the workplace is the most important thing. I believe that that seat at a bargaining table is the most important thing because I don't want my employer to have all of my rights in their hands. Absolutely not. I, you know, uh, regardless of how much you're paying me, um, there are certain things that... Yeah. Uh, all people are due in this world. Yeah. Um, and that's time to rest and relax and recharge, especially during a pandemic. Um, that's honest information about their workplace and the people mm -hmm. that they're working around. You know, that's a, a safe workspace. You know, I mean, we're talking about legal cannabis. We're talking about a cash industry yeah. where customers are walking in and out with cash customers a lot of cash. are walking in and out with product which yeah. is worth lots a lot of, of cash. cash um you know i mean if somebody's walking out of a dispensary with a bag in their hand then you know what's in that bag in their hand um there should be security to watch those people from the time they you know uh pull up on the property until the time that they leave uh to ensure that they're safe and um protected and um nothing bad happens to them while they're there and the same for employees you know yeah. there's been a whole uh wave of violence towards dispensary workers and industry workers absolutely um trucks getting pulled over and hijacked in california dispensaries getting robbed in Dis california trucks being driven into dispensaries in maryland <laughs> yeah well that's that's true too <laughs> Uh, shout out to the Hampton dispensaries that uh, two in one Ooh, night, right? Um, a guy or several guys, uh, I guess I shouldn't make assumptions. I don't know. Several people, people. <laughs> tried to 
drive vehicles through dispensary walls and break into dispensaries here in Baltimore um, while the pandemic was going on. But yeah, California, people are being held up. Colorado happens all the time. Seattle. Yeah, Um, I have a buddy out there who every time he goes to the dispensary talks to the people who are there and they're like, oh yeah, we just got held up again last night. And I'm like, what are you doing to protect your people? Why aren't these people in a union? Why haven't they started unionizing out there? But I guess it's it's easier to do on the ground floor in some aspects when everything is building up than going back and fixing it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, if... You know, as somebody who's coming from the food and beverage industry, if we could go back in time and it's look, there are places in this country where food and beverage is unionized. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we talked to Brittany from Be Baked out in Las Vegas. Las um, Vegas is a huge union. Yeah. I mean, when I food and beverage, when I went to visit her the first time, she was like, oh, yeah, she was like, I've got paid vacation. Uh, you know, I've got um, access to uh, education money and um decent benefits and yeah uh yeah i mean that's that's why she went to work for gaming companies in the first place is because she knew that if she got a job with i don't want to name the casino here in baltimore (laughs) because uh frankly i'm not a big supporter of casinos generally um but she knew that if she went and got a job with them here and got on board with their union that she could use that to transfer out to a union job in Vegas, probably. And that's exactly what she did. Um, Yeah. And I mean, she had nothing but positive things to say about her union experience. I know you've got family members that come from a union background. Of course I do as well. Well, I think, you know, a large part of that comes from the whole immigrant aspect. So you have people who come here from somewhere else they're citizens well my family became citizens (laughs) and then they started working for places they were tradesmen so they started working you know with unions and that's how i don't know my italian grandparents and my polish grandparents got everybody through college they raised their kids unions built the middle class they did both (laughs) neat My my one grandmother only went to work because she liked the social social aspect of it. Unions took jobs that would have been otherwise low paying menial quote unquote jobs, mm-hmm. um, where people were just swap them in, swap them out. Yeah. Um, you know, doesn't matter how many millions of dollars of product they've sold for a company. Doesn't matter how many customers they've got that, you know, they've got personal relationships with that they've helped by recommending medicine or, you know, uh, given great information about, you know, whether it's different delivery methods available or different dosages or, you know, just whatever, you know, as a bud tender and a patient, um, you develop a a pretty strong rapport Rapport. similar with, you know, uh, but what's the, Similar to a bartender. Yeah, similar to a bartender. I don't. I don't love to I don't compare lo- yeah. That's um, not my alcohol and cannabis, but um, more than likely, adult use cannabis will be treated very similarly to alcohol here in this country, um, because that's generally what Canada has kind of done with it up there as well. Um, 
and yeah, I just, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Where were we? Um, where were we? Uh, bartending, bud tending. Oh, the relationship. Relationship. Right. Okay. So, yeah. If you believe that bud tenders are just essentially retail personnel, um, and there's no need for education of the plant or the product or terpenes or cannabinoids or what any of that means or what it may or may not uh, do for people who are experiencing different symptoms or seeking different um, experiences, then sure. Yeah. You know? I mean, I know you and I have been in the dis- the industry for, I mean, pretty much close to the same time. Um, but you and I have also sought out so much more education on our own because it wasn't being provided from anywhere else. And most people do not do that. Right. Um, I could count on uh, one hand. I feel like the amount of people that I worked with that had also, you know, done any sort of like formal cannabis education or um, regularly did any sort of cannabis reading or even listening to podcasts (laughs) or whatever else. Yeah, it astounds me because because it's medical that there isn't a standard of education for bud tenders. Right. And obviously we're not doctors. We're not practicing medicine. We're not physicians assistants. We're not nurses. Um, But at the same time, as little research as has been done with what little research has been done, um, there still is information out there. Uh, Absolutely. Regarding terps, regarding cannabinoids, regarding dosage, regarding delivery methods, regarding um, what else? How? Well, I mean, yeah, I think you covered it all. Regarding all these things yeah. <laughs> in regards to uh, your cannabis use. Um, you know, there's there's no shortage of content creators or um and even educational content creators right yeah no not just your you know uh blowing clouds um sending good vibes that's absolutely fantastic i'm all about it um but no there are also like really nerdy people (laughs) that will speak to you specifically uh people that have phds in biochemistry and chemical engineering Mm -hmm. and um you know uh what do you call it uh uh, growing plants uh, growing horticulture horticulture um (laughs) all that good stuff you know there are there are podcasts out there from all these people um there are articles available from these people there are um you know, classes hopefully happening at dispensaries around you. Um, they can be few and far between, but I feel like now that um, COVID is, you know, chilling back out a little bit, you know, like people are starting to reschedule some, yeah. some different events and stuff. So, um, you know, if you see a class about 
uh, cannabinoids and you work in the industry, like, go take that, especially if it's free. Yeah. And um, even, like, if you, I mean, YouTube. Yep. You don't have to go. But, I mean, there's a ton of stuff on YouTube. Yep. Free talks, free videos, um, free classes. Uh, there's there's lots of information available. Um, but, you know, uh, unions would help promote things like that, too. And For help, sure. And help negotiate. And I think they would bring in educators as well. Well, you know, if people are getting paid better wages and receiving benefits, better benefits or benefits to begin with, um, it'll attract a more professional class of employee. Absolutely. Um, you know, just generally speaking, people that uh, know that they're going to make more money um, are going to be happier. They're going to stay longer. So that just over the course of time, they're going to acquire more knowledge and information um, you know, being exposed to different products as you are in the industry, being given demos and things like that, and little educational classes or pop-ups from the different companies. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, if these people are just being grind them in, grind them out, uh, once they start making too much money for you, uh, make it uncomfortable for them so they leave, um, or once they start asking for, for more benefits and better conditions, make it uncomfortable for them. So they leave. Um, yeah, then, then you're going to continue to get a certain level of service that comes with that. 100%. Where you're, you know, treated as a commodity, as a quote unquote patient in the medical cannabis industry, mm-hmm. um, rather than being, um, really you know supported and, and taken care of kept safe and and provided for um and you're gonna find bud tenders in every situation that will be those people but how long they stay around is a giant question right and and i mean i think you see it how many of the dispensaries where you go do you see the same the bud same tenders bud tenders for, yeah you know more than a year maybe two i feel like and then it's you know, it's just it's just like the food and beverage industry where, you know, you move up the ladder and you make less money because yeah. the employers aren't providing the actual compensation for the most part. The patients are. Yeah. Which, I mean, that whole model to begin with it's is so messed sad. up. If it's medicine, where, where else do you tip on your medicine? Right? I mean, you don't go to the pharmacy right. to pick and slide, up... slide your pharmacist to 20 <laughs> Yeah. You don't... Oh, well, shit. My meds were $300 today. I guess I better give them a, a 10 spot because I dropped 300 bucks. Thanks for making sure there are 60 in there. Like, that's... Like, what do you... Like, that doesn't even... It doesn't make any no. sense at all. No. I mean, of course, when I was a bud tender, I accepted tips because I was basically being paid poverty wages to be a bud tender. Right. Um... But, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, it kind of builds in this system where the front of house employees are versus the back of house employees mm. where they're not necessarily sharing in the, you know, the bonus pool or, um, you know, receiving these cash tips that they can walk away with. Right. And uh, they're not being fairly compensated either. No, it's, it's totally ridiculous. Uh, but meanwhile, these places are making... Um, you know, millions of dollars in sales and hundreds of thousands of dollars, at least in profits. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really pretty wild. So 
you know, like we've talked about before when it comes to the social equity stuff, um, pay attention to where you spend your money. Yeah. If these are issues that are important to you, if if you support um, workers' rights and union work, then maybe look for dispensaries in your area that are union shops. Maybe look for growers in your area that are union grows or extractors that are, you know, union extractors and make sure you put your money towards the Or look, hey, if people are paying their people good enough benefits on their own, yeah, uh, that their workers don't feel the need to uh, unionize them right on, you know. Um, and I hope that any place that votes against a union having pursued that path ends up with uh, better working conditions anyway and, yeah. and still manages I hope to... that it's an eye-opening experience for the owners. Well, yeah, least. you would think, right? You would yeah. think that if enough people at some point in a process said overwhelmingly... Yes, um, this is what we the want. The majority of us feel like um, we need to sit down and have help bargaining, then you would hope that the owners would indeed sit down and bargain with absolutely um, those employees that voted against that union uh anyway you know and and find out why you know whatever people had supported that cause uh didn't in the end and um what they had hoped to achieve or what they were you know without the threat of repercussions exactly (laughs) without um intimidation without um hollow promises um, it's, it's really easy for an employer to, uh, bargain quote unquote in good faith with their employees, right? Oh, you don't need a union to talk to us. You could do it on your own, right? You've always done that. You've, we've always given you raises Open door policy. when you've come to, t- well, that doesn't mean they've done that with everybody. Uh, especially if you work in the kind of place where they, um, encourage you not to talk about your wages on a regular basis. And just a heads up, um, guys, it's not illegal to talk about how much money you make. No, it is never, um, as far as I know. No, it's not. Nowhere in the United States is it illegal to talk about the money that you make and if you're... or the benefits that you receive. If your employer is giving you that idea, then it's because they are embarrassed or ashamed uh-huh. of what somebody's making. And they don't want everybody else to find out about it. 110%. So, yeah, that's our wrap-up on that. Um, You can read more about all of this stuff um, on the blog. We'll shoot you some links. On our personal uh, pages and all that good stuff, of course, as usual. Um, Otherwise, in the world of cannabis, there's been some some other weird and wonderful stuff as well. Yeah. Um, You saw Mike Tyson's new edible line. I yeah. (laughs) I've got I've got some feelings about that. I feel like we needed a laugh after coming off. I know. Off of our union soapbox. Um, I've got some feelings about that. So if you don't know, (laughs) uh, Iron Mike uh, has a cannabis brand. Um, I believe what's it called? Champion? I think it's called Champions or Champs or Yeah, something like something that. Something to that degree. Uh but they came out with a new line of edible products and they are gummies in the shape of, of an ear. An ear. With a bite taken out of it. <laughs> just can't. I, I mean, can't. when I sent Miranda the link, I just said Mike still has no chill because like... Mike has done some serious work. 
Yeah. Mike, I mean, I'm going to acknowledge the fact that that man has done some really hard work on his personage. And look, we don't know Mike Tyson. No, we don't. Like, it's uh, not know, Mike's been accused of abusing women in the past and... Uh, Mike's been abused of biting people's ears, ears in the, the ring and maiming um, them in the past. You know, I mean, but so I we're feel not, like Mike's done. We're not here work. to cheerlead necessarily for Mike Tyson, but yeah, he's like he's done this whole, you know, speaking tour basically yeah. about how like uh, psychedelics have like helped him get in touch with his like you know more sensitive side Absolutely. and understand that a lot of the shit in his life was from trauma and how to deal with that. Look, like I said, I just hope he at least, like, called Evander up. <laughs> and said, hey, is this cool? <laughs> yeah. Like, just, just to let you know, like, this is happening. Right. Like, do you want to come to a photo shoot with me? Are you cool with this? Like, if like, I was Evander, I think I would probably think it was funny at this point. I think it, enough time has passed. I don't know, man. I've never had part I mean, of my ear bitten off. Same. Like, I <laughs> mean, I, but, but, but speaking from, you know, I don't resent any of the people who broke my nose when I was playing rugby in college. Right. So fun, fun fact about our lady <laughs> of Mary Jane for you. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe Evander's pretty all right with it. I, w- I would like to see some words from Evander, but we have not seen words from Evander, sadly. Uh no, we have not. <laughs> but yeah, Iron Mike's got that going on. <laughs> Check out Mike Tyson's edibles if you're in it in an area uh where they're sold and let us know how they are. Um I think I hope they're delicious. I think you can get them in Nevada. I think Nevada. I think you can get them. I think Mike's also in California. Maybe. Uh um, I know definitely Nevada. Yeah. So check them out for us. Let let us know. Um, next month, yeah, uh, we'll be coming to you in April. Um, it's my birthday month. Yes, the birthday <laughs> month is on its way. Uh, we're excited. We got our tickets to um, National Cannabis Fest. Ooh. We're going to be going down there on the Saturday. That um, who is it? Wiz Khalifa and Ghostface yep. and. Um, there's some great reggae bands. I know my friend Jade is playing in a band from DC that's playing on Saturday, but yeah, so we're super excited about that. We'll be doing some like on the scene interviews with people. Come and hang out with us. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Tickets are definitely available. Um, Saturday is at RFK stadium. I got a Airbnb a few blocks away so that we could chill out. We're going to be hanging out with some of our friends down there. We would love to run into listeners of the show. We definitely know that um, some of the content creators and educators that we know and love uh, will be down there with us. So, yeah. It's Um, a great time to chill, hang out, just get to know each other. Yeah, there's um, there's some uh, like group packages available where you can save a little bit of money. That's what we did. Um, so you can do the same. But yeah, we'll be coming to you first and foremost with our uh, next strain, strain review. review and focus on um, Evermore. Which I think we both love and respect as is. Absolutely. Uh, but I am best... excited to learn more about and... <laughs> 
Some um, of the best flour in Maryland. <laughs> for sure. Not only flour, but I'm, you know, the I'm not a concentrates too. Oh I'm not God. a huge concentrate guy, but their concentrates are definitely uh, delicious and top shelf. Fantastic. Um, terp profiles and all that good stuff. They've got cartridges and blah, blah, blah. Um, our buddy Chris from the Enlightened Voice yeah. happens to work for them in the grow place. So. I'm happy to give them a shout out and a focus. Don't know exactly what strains we'll be looking at yet because obviously we want to get some nice fresh flowers. So we'll see what's looking good at the time. Maybe some of that orange drizzle or maybe some of that. I know you've had the sour peel recently and had good things to say about that. So who knows? Maybe Miranda will talk to you about the sour peel. I've definitely um, been a fan of their Santa Cruz Blue Dream. Um, the Pata Peak shortbread was delicious. I've heard good things about the Pata Peak. I wanted yeah. to try the Kush um, because I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure the Kush, uh, Kush with a C in yeah. this case, is their version of Green Crack, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Interesting. So, so that is another name for Green Crack is Green Kush. Okay. Um, because I think I I think maybe I've mentioned this in the past before, but supposedly Snoop Dogg came up with the name Green Crack uh, because the first time he smoked it, he was like, "Oh man!" He, like he was like <laughs> super energized and like felt like it was like some some super hard hitting stuff. Uh, so he called it Green Crack, but apparently the name that it had, had before that was Green Kush. Word. Uh, but of course, if Snoop calls it something, then that's what everybody else is going to start to mm-hmm. call it. <laughs> so supposedly Green Kush became Green Crack. The California growers weren't super thrilled about their cannabis being, being called, called Crack. crack. <laughs> um so green crack has now been renamed a number of different things you'll see it sometimes from what i understand referred to as dream queen um i've been given dream queen in the past that i was told oh man it's green crack um and if you look it up there are some articles that you can find to support that that's interesting because i've had dream queen where it has been literally like a really heavy indica. And to me, the name Dream Queen would indicate <laughs> that it was an indica. Yeah. And to me, um, the name Dream Queen would absolutely not indicate. That would indicate Space Queen and some other cross to me. Look, uh, look it up yourself. Um, Maybe if, Blue Dream. If, if you f- find um, alternative information. But the we first time I to was told it. it I was like, you know, what? That's weird. And then yeah. I looked it up and I found some of the articles that said that had this whole history that I just went through. Interesting. Um, so who knows? There's a lot of interesting names behind different strains and their genetics and, and where they come from. Again, uh, thank you for your continued support and feedback. Keep the questions coming. Keep the comments coming. Um, we've got some good questions coming up. Um, in the meantime, uh, you can find me at your cannabis coach and you can find me at, um, our lady of Mary Jane. The, yeah, I almost forgot who I was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Uh, be well to yourselves and each other. We will talk to you soon. Yeah. And I'm just going to end this really quickly with a nice little quote from Martin Luther King Jr. That we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. Peace, y'all.